Hey, thanks for signing up for the Public Beta Podcast. It is Friday, April 30th, 2021. Thank you for coming back to your favorite podcast that constantly lies week to week about what day it will be on. I'm your host this week, myself, Lee, and Reed. Reed, how are Hi. you? Oh, I'm good. I'm doing. Yeah. Well, I feel like we're in better spirits on a Friday show. Yeah. Is that just me? Well, Every I, other I, show ends up being a fucking Friday show, so. I like Thursdays. Lee, there was this beer commercial I remember years ago. Tell me about it. Where people, like, days of the week were represented as people. Okay. And Thursdays was, like, this really chill guy that, like, played pool and had, like, three or four beers. And uh, <laughs> so I always thought Thursday was a pretty cool day. You'd want to hang out with Thursday of any day of the week. Yeah. <laughs> Sunday's, like, all religious and, like, a prude and, like, stuck up. Just, like, can't wait to get back to work on Monday. Yeah. I like to think of them as extreme examples of people who enjoy that day versus just a human embodiment of that day. For whatever yeah. that means. Uh, Monday rolls around and they can't find him. He's, like, hanging in a closet or some shit. <laughs> uh, video games. There's new video games out today. And if I... If I um, to understand this properly, Reed, uh, we, we've split the bill here. I will take the children's Pokemon game, and you will take the uh, very difficult roguelike uh, PS5 exclusive. Is that what's happening? Yeah, I, I'm not sure when exactly I plan on diving into Returnal. Um, I'm still knee-deep in the Pokemon, and uh, once we get into what we've been playing, I can get more a bit into that. But I've reached a point now where I don't need to do like any more grinding for a while, and I can just go right into some very long competitive streams. Um, but if I'm bored this Sunday, I do plan on picking up Returnal and giving that a go. I just, I know absolutely nothing about it. That's the way I like it. Uh, but at the same time, that doesn't make me want to, like, dive into a game right away either. So, we'll see. Yeah, like, I don't know if you want me to try talking you out of it. I think the the biggest issue that people are running into with Returnal is just the value aspect of it. That, uh, based on the kind of game it is, eighty nine ninety nine is is fucking steep. But yeah, like, I don't know if I would have paid $90 for Hades, for example. Right. Yeah, and and as well, you shouldn't. Uh, yes. Like this game's gonna look every bit of ninety dollars. That's not the the issue. It's more the like if this was a right. launch title alongside Demon Souls for ninety dollars, I think that would have been way more palatable. Because uh, like when you think of like launch games, like on the on the Wii U, you got Zombie U. That was a full price game. On the Xbox One, you had that fucking Rise Fall of Rome game. Oh, I remember what a, Rise. What a boy of a game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but those are full price games, and uh, people kind of overlooked it as as more of a technical. Uh, Marvel or like showing off what the console can do while also being a, a semi-passable fun game. This sounds like it plays really, really well. The only issue there becomes everything else is that it doesn't have the maybe narrative uh, focus that you, you might want out of a first-party Sony game. Like, all, obviously there's a story, obviously there's stuff to uncover, but the way the, the game unfolds um, is a housemark game. It's It's not something like you, you might be used to. So $89.99 could be steep for some. I know we got Nick in the office Who's uh, who's a big Sony fanboy? And he's going to be picking up no matter what. So, uh, it's reviewing well. Like everybody's loving the shit out of Returnal. So, the, yeah. by all means, go with God. Uh, yeah, grab it that might thing if you it want to. might end up being one of those games that I do look up gameplay for, just because I am like, yeah, you fuck, I'm kind of on the fence about it. It's not like it's not like a cyberpunk where I'm just like, oh fuck yeah, let's do it. Funny you should mention cyberpunk because I fired that up the other day. Oh really? Why? Yeah. Uh, that was the question I was asking me, myself after a couple hours. Uh, so, in terms of performance, uh, I think the game is about the same as I remember. 
it's not like the same weird shit is still happening. The cops still pop out of the fucking woodwork. Uh, bizarre shit uh, with the physics and stuff like that is still happening. So right. maybe it's more stable overall. But I never experienced the worst of it. I think myself. So it seems like right. the same game. I just went back. To right, but it's not like yeah, it's not like they released like a big overhaul of the, the game structure and suddenly made like a lot of everything more satisfying. They just smooth some of the edges, big fucking Right, deal. They're, they're spending their time smoothing over the hard edges instead of adding the things to the game that would keep me playing or keep people coming back. Right. Uh, I mean, obviously, in the last week, they've announced that, hey, they've, they've made their fucking money. Obviously, it's very important to them to get this game to a place where people can play it and feel good about it. Um, but, yeah, they're, they're making millions. They, they made their money on, the, on this fucking game, so the only thing that behooves them to fix it or continue this series is is their own pride, and it right. sounds like, like they're, they're going to do that, but it's going to yeah. be a while. And I probably won't touch this game until DLC comes out, because that's what I want, is more uh, fulfilling content, something more uh, substantial. I Like, the magic of Cyberpunk goes out the fucking window during the second playthrough easily, because that's when you know that you can just exploit the game and like just run around the city to those really small bandit camps, which give yep. you just as much money and experience as doing like a whole fucking gig. I, I that's what I'm doing. Like I'm playing on a new character now, and uh, I basically did what you did, which was just like run around Wilson or whatever it is at the beginning of the game and just yeah. mop up yeah. cash every, and like, every, get all your upgrades. Yeah, and... every playthrough I've done after my first playthrough, I clear the entire first island before you can get to the other islands. So I can get to level 20 and get double jump as well as the like, arm attachment, whether that be the gorilla arms or whatever the fuck. It's fucking insane to play that game without the double jump after you've had the double oh, jump. Oh, it's like unplayable. It's crazy. <laughs> but you still try to traverse the environments as if you had it. And yeah, you're like, just like falling short all the time. Yeah. Like there's this game we called, uh, it's like this weird French RPG called Technomancer. Sure. Or, I'm familiar. Yeah, uh, but, like, that game really lets you become, like, Cyber Jesus. Like, they're like, oh, okay, you can just fucking run, like, a million miles per hour or, like, jump 60 feet and, like... Just like Jesus would do. (laughs) Yeah, and, like, make people's brains explode. Uh, I think they really need to just, like, just add in a bunch of quick hacks, add in... Like, there already is a good assembly of quick hacks, don't get me wrong. But, like, add in... Adding like yeah, six I was gonna more... say I'm, I'm specking shotguns and like bare knuckle now, and it's it's. I'm also playing on hard, I should say, so it's a little bit more methodical just to start until I can really. But once you get like the knockdown bonuses and the stuff like that for shotguns, it's uh, it is a matter of just like it's like trying to sneak around a little bit, get someone on their own, and then just dump damage on them really quickly uh, because you can't take too much yourself. So glass right. cannoning it. But once right. you get all those armor upgrades and stuff, I can't imagine it even mattering. Yeah, so, like, what I'm going to wait for... Well, yeah, anyway, if they do allow people to mod the shit out of this game on PC, which I'm hoping they do, uh, I would love to see a bunch of people add in, like, more arm and leg attachments to really boost up the game, make the game player run speed more because you are, like, a a cyber person or whatever the hell you want to call them. Um, Cyber person. Yeah, cyber person. (laughs) Um, I'd really love to see them add in just lots of different ways to build your character and really diversify the builds. Because, like, as it is, like, I think most characters need to use crafting. I think you basically choose one melee and one gun option, which is, like, not super ideal. I don't know. I think think the strength in that game lies in 
some of the combat, and I think if they really diversified that combat, it could extend the game life until the DLC comes out, but it seems like they need to fix these issues first. Yeah, like, atmospherically, the world, exploring Night City and then looking at the game, I still very much enjoy. Uh, I think the DLC should be rolled out with the PS5 and, like, Series X proper upgrades, and at that point, do a full launch, do a DLC quest line. Uh, that people who are coming back to the game can enjoy and people who are just playing it for the first time can really dig into. Right. Uh, s- s- like, set the hook, right? Yeah, I'd really... At this lo- point, like, it'd yeah. be really weird for them to do it. I'd really love them to add in the skipped Act 1 option. I hate being restricted to that first island for the first 10, 20 hours. Uh, game really opens up in the second act when you can go to everywhere and buy all the cars and do all the missions. I wish they just embrace the openness of the game like that, so... Yeah. It's it's like you're playing uh, the part of New Vegas before you get shot in the head in the opening cinematic. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> almost read almost literally. Yeah, Matthew uh, Perry, just shoot me in the head, please. <laughs> Dexter Deshawn, please. Uh, okay. So new Pokemon Snap. Read. It's out. Oh it my god! Oh uh, my god! Oh my god! Taking pictures of try. When I say try, I mean <laughs> Dodrio. Uh, so new Pokemon snaps out last night as of 11 PM. It unlocked, uh, I handed the controller over to the wife and I said, I'm going to fall asleep while you play this. And, uh, so the last Pokemon snap, big fan over here, uh, was released in 1999 on the Nintendo 64. It was the first 3d, uh, rendered Pokemon game we got in North America. I can't recall if, so there's an extra Pokemon stadium that had a limited number of Pokemon that was released in Japan only that we never got. So there are technically already three Pokemon Stadium games. What was the uh, first we one got, called? We got the one that had all original 151 Pokemon in it and had all the extra bells and whistles. So when we got Pokemon Snap, that was, it was, you know, you could say the height of, uh, of Pokemon uh, as, as it is now uh, with the trading card game and the games and, and uh, Pokemon's 25th anniversary, if you will uh, read. What is Pokemon Snap? It is an on-rails photography game. Uh, where you ride through uh, different areas full of Pokemon, you take the best pictures you can, they are rated, you fill out a photo Pokedex, uh, and then you do it all again, you do it over and over and over again. This game uh, it, it has a huge emphasis on every time you run a level, you increase your research level, and it actually gives you alternate uh, versions of the level to play where Pokemon are in different spots or different Pokemon are available, as well as having like a day and night thing. Uh, the characters in the game, there's no Professor Oak that I know of. Maybe he shows up later. To go, Wonderful! Fantastic! And all the other things he used to say <laughs> uh, about your photos. You have Professor Mir, who seems like a handsome man. Uh, and then he's got he's got an assistant and uh, gets pretty into it right away. Real quick tutorial. Here's how you move your fucking cursor, dumbass. Here's how you take a picture. Uh, and then as the game progresses, you get other items. In the original game, you got apples to feed the Pokemon, pestballs, the Poke Flute. Uh, what's that? Is the camera you use in this new Pokemon Snap Rotom? Uh, it is not Rotom. It is a it is a fucking actual camera. Oh my god, that's the yeah. that's honestly the most surprising thing about this game. Yes, because the Rotom decks, uh, I think we've more like the Scrotum decks. Am I right? It's <laughs> definitely we're we're both on on record being like I don't like the Pokedex talking to us as a Rotom. And then they made Rotom uh, the entire PC in Sword and Shield, especially because Rotom is a is a ghost. Rotom is a ghost. Well, technically, when he. Uh, possesses appliances he becomes electric and in like grass fire water flying type so sure is his ghost typing is what i'm trying to say how does a lawnmower grass type wouldn't lawnmower be the anti-grass type right wouldn't you think it'd be steel because like you're cutting grass dumb anyway rotom has not appeared in this game yet so that's good uh they took 
they took a really good uh, look through all the Pokemon available. And I think there's just over 200 available in this game. When you think of the original Pokemon Snap, it didn't have 150 Pokemon in it. It had maybe like 63 or something like that. And it's it's how they're used. So as soon as you fire up this game and you get into the first actual uh, level, they have uh, uh, Buffont or whatever they're called, those like Afro Buffaloes. There's like a massive hurt. Yeah, there's a massive herd of them. Uh, you see tons of little boy. Pokemon going in and throw out the grass. Like, it's it's coming at you so quickly you can't possibly see it all. Uh, and that's that's kind of the magic of Pokemon Snap is it's this chill, you know if you're missing something, it doesn't matter because you're going to be coming back through here later. Take note of something. Hey, there's a Pichu over there. When I, uh, I'm given something to, to interact with that Pichu, I bet I can get a good shot of it. Uh, and then, of course, special things happen. There's there's special uh, ways through courses. There's different things you can interact with uh, in the environment, just like the original game had. So th- what's really neat about this is 20 years have passed since that original game. And for a second shot at that spinoff game, I feel like even in the little, like the hour, basically, I saw of this game, uh, that they've taken all the right cues. They're basically like, no, no, we're going to use that game uh, as a template, the template is fine. We're gonna everything we're gonna add is gonna be quality of life additions. For example, when you take a photo, you get a photo preview that pops up in the corner of the screen. You can immediately see what what the photos you're taking look like. Um, the game looks phenomenal. Like the the frame rate, like for a Switch game, obviously. Yeah. Uh, for the frame rate, the look of the Pokemon, the look of the world is all really, really well done. And I have, I'm have i sure there's going to be slowed down at some point, but I haven't seen anything. There's lots going on on screen. They right. pack well, the screen. The, you have to, you'd have to think that the advantage of having an on-rails game such as Pokemon Snap would be that you don't have right. to traverse the environment. Therefore, you can hide a lot of things and you can absolutely. focus on everything that's being shown. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, and then, of course, there's a bunch of filters and options you can use. You can retouch your Pokemon photos, which is really neat. Uh, you can and, you can add those dumb Snapchat filters. Where yeah, you like, can do you know do what you got to do. Uh, what's really <laughs> neat is when you go to edit a photo, it lets you basically move in three. You know, when you take a picture in photo mode on PlayStation. Yep. Uh, it basically for you could take seventy two pictures per course, and every one of those pictures is like a three D diorama that you can retake the picture if you decide. So it really lets you if for you you want to get the perfect shot. Um, just to share and be like, look how fucking good at Pokemon Snap I am. Uh, it gives you those options. Uh, there's different star rankings for Pokemon shots now. Before it used to be like, here's your best shot of Pikachu. Here's another shot of Pikachu you've taken that is uh, either a higher score or a lesser score. Which is the one photo you want to keep in this game? Uh, it breaks it up by four. Uh, so there's like Magikarp in a puddle is a one star Magikarp. Magikarp jumping, well that's a two star Magikarp. Uh, so you actually have to find out how to unlock those different star tiers. Uh, Bidoof, you see Bidoof building a dam. Well, that's worth more than just Bidoof looking at you. Um, the the I was trying to say the amount, the kind of Pokemon they've chosen here. They left no generation unturned. Like I'm going through this thing and I'm like, man, they looked at the entire breadth of Pokemon. And they're just like, okay, we want swans and ducks in this pond. Okay, well, let's look at all the swans and ducks. Swana. Okay, we'll take these. We'll take Swana. <laughs> yeah, we'll take Ducklet. Um, I saw a screenshot earlier that you actually come across Waylord in the game. And the other thing about this game is the Pokemon are to scale. So when oh, you're going around yeah. on this this little minecart, uh, all the po- like if they're tiny Pokemon, if it's a Grookey or if it's a Pichu, they're they're tiny. They're like squirrels. Uh, but then you come across Torteras and you come across you know Lapras and Waylord and they're they're actual size. They're hey, what they... it's funny you say that. And the DLC yeah. for Sword and Shield in the wild area, like all the Pokemon are to scale in the wild area as well. Um, mm. And there is a Waylord that you can see out and and meet in the water, and he's fucking huge, and it's pretty cool. Waylord's really big. Yeah. Um, 
The other is, thing in this game is uh, the Mew boss fight, quote-unquote, from the original game. Um, basically, you come across Mew. He's got a force field. If you take a picture of him with the force field, it's not Mew. It's just like a big shining ball of light. He's like uh, he's like blocking you or whatever. So yeah. you got to hit him with pester balls, and then he reveals himself, and you quickly get some shots in. They have extrapolated that into this idea that there's these crystal blooms on this island, and when Pokemon interact with them, they get like illuminant, like they get almost get like bioluminescence. Uh, so the first boss you fight in the in the the, the valley area is a Meganium. Uh, so you're, it's just you and Meganium, and you're kind of, like, weaving through this meadow, and, uh, Meganium will stop to, uh, sniff at these, these crystal blooms and become all illuminated and fancy, and that's the shot that the professor's looking for, so I assume those will get more involved later. I think there's a Lugia level like this as well. Man, it's weird how we pronounce Pokemon differently. Meganium. What's, Meganium? Yeah. Meganium? Meganium. Okay, well, whatever. Agree to disagree. (laughs) Lugia? 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 No, I say Lugia. Uh, Okay, I'm glad we're on the same page. Uh, this game's great. Uh, from what I've seen already, I'm looking a lot of like very forward to playing this game. I, I can beat the original Pokemon Snap in like 40 minutes. I know that I know every nook and cranny uh, in that game. I know where every Pokemon is. I this game looks like they just fucking added a bunch more. Didn't change that uh, that formula. And anyone who's a fan of the original or just a fan of Pokemon, uh, this is a really neat. Again, if you, if it's just RPG and battle for you, obviously this might not be for you. But if you like uh, seeing Pokemon uh, interact with one another, interact with you in like their natural habitat, and uh, it's almost like a like a theme park ride at this point because you got a fucking fifty inch TV. You buckle in in first person, and you're going through these winding trails and open valleys. Uh, and because there's that that random factor of oh, what, what will I see this time? Will there be a new Pokemon I haven't seen before? Uh, it actually becomes like very exciting coming around that corner and not knowing what you're going to see or be like, oh shit, there's there's something sticking out of the ground over there. It's Pinsir. Fuck, Pinsir's the man. What a boy. Uh, so, I highly recommend uh, new Pokemon Snap so far. I'm looking forward to playing more of it. If it's more of the same, and that's kind of a good thing you can say uh, about about a game like this, that is, it's only a second outing, right? So, it'd be cool if they added, uh, you know, they can expand with DLC. This is a game that very easily could have stuff added sure. onto it if, it if it sells gangbusters. So, Reed, have you played anything else? Uh, just playing Sword and Shield, uh, really grinded hard for a long time, reaching my 500th hour on that motherfucker. Yeah, uh, I said, I, when I was trying to get that game to unlock last night, I'm like, oh, Reed's online playing Pokemon Sword, and I clicked your profile, and it was like, 500 hours played. <laughs> yeah, uh, so I got up to like 1300 <laughs> BP, which took a long ass time. Using that, I got about 60 bottle caps and like 20 fucking mints, and I went all through all my legendaries that I caught uh on sun and moon and i was like i'm gonna i'm gonna make you all perfect you sons of bitches because i hate when i don't have perfect ones it feels You're gross. All diamond dogs yeah so fixed them all up now i'm ready uh that elgato thing is absolutely great lets me stream i was streaming some cod and playing pokemon between rounds it was pretty funny <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah it was big brain time i was like yeah i'm just gonna play pokemon while i'm fucking dead waiting to be revived um so that's great. Yeah, plan on playing Returnal if I'm uh, bored this weekend, but that's about it. Cool, cool. Uh, I uh, downloaded because it's free, and I think today might be the last day, or, or between now and Tuesday. Days Gone. Mm, yeah, gotta buy Days Gone and gotta smoke gotta them out. Come back and burn them out. <sighs> uh, so, Deacon St. John. So I fired this game up. 
And I had left myself off, like in open world games, when I know I, I might be falling off of them, I always leave myself pretty well set up to do something immediately when I come back. And I'm on the outskirts of this infestation area just to burn out some nests. Yeah. And I've got a really good gun. Yep. Uh, that the, and generally you feel like uh, uh, you're untouchable mm-hmm. in that game when you when you got pockets full of bombs. I don't know where he keeps them in his like cut his leather cut. He's just got like a, pipe bombs and all kinds of shit. Yeah. Uh, but when you're when you're loaded to the teeth, you feel pretty invincible. Other than if something comes at you that you don't see coming, like a uh, swarm of uh, of zombies or something like that. When you when you aren't ready to intercept them. Uh, so I go into this thing. I'm bringing out the nest, and in the first fucking thirty seconds of this, it's just a meme. Like er- everything that we joke about <laughs> from that game. Like Deacon St. John, he's 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 walking up to a house. He's like, oh, I wonder if they left anything behind. I smell a nest. I got a burn no. <laughs> and then, like, I wander, like, and then a motorcycle guy, like, they have patrols going around constantly, just assholes on bikes, and they take a shot at you and, and fly away. Sure. So, <laughs> within seconds of me firing this game up, I'm, like, just getting the controls down and figuring out what's what. And it was, I wonder if there's anything in the house. I smell a nest. I have to burn it out. Not so tough without your friends, are you, you rapists? Or something along those lines. <laughs> he yells at the motorcycle guy. And I haven't moved. I haven't walked a step uh, when I load up this game. And this is all within 30 seconds. I'm like, this is this is so perfect. And, yeah. Uh, they really needed it, to explain in the story that, like, Deacon has gone crazy from isolation or only hanging out with Boozer. And fucking now, nuts. Yeah, and now needs to talk to himself in wildly varying tones. It's the strangest voice direction in a video game of all time. H- hands fucking down. Yes, uh, I think what they, like Spider-Man and other games, there seems to be multiple recordings of, if I'm going at full speed on my motorcycle, we're going to play this track. Yes. Uh, but occasionally, what is, is determined as going full speed on a motorcycle is confused, <laughs> and he will just yell something in the middle of a line of dialogue to another character. <laughs> and it happens constantly, and he does it constantly when he's in houses and stuff. Like, yeah, no, if, Especially if you wear headphones, it's Crazy. Yeah, because what I think it is, Lee, is you reach top speed, and then it's going to be like, okay, you passed by a thing. In five seconds, it's going to play this recording of Deacon yelling at top speed. But within those five seconds, because it's a video game, you have already slowed down and got off the fucking bike. So when he goes yeah. off, he's like, yeah, let's get in that tunnel and smoke him out. <laughs> like, bro. Meanwhile, meanwhile, you're stepping off of the bike, and you're in a town already or something Dude, like that. you know what would have been... Uh, perfect for this game what's that if deacon only had one ear it's just like deaf yeah so like no he's not deaf <laughs> but like he has a hard time telling like the volume of his pitches and shit <laughs> okay so like if someone's on his bad side <laughs> yes he's, he's, exactly. shout, he's shouting back at them because he thinks they're they're far away or some shit yeah he's like wow uh, he's really far away we gotta smoke him out <laughs> Uh, there is, so I, I'm trying to get back into the, figure out what the story is going on. Obviously the main crux of the story is he's trying to find his lady who's been missing for like two years I, that got I, taken away on Lee, this. I have no doubt that he only refers to her as his lady as opposed his to lady. like my girlfriend or my wife. My lady. Or, What's her name? Or, Sarah? Oh, yeah. I was going to say hey. Sarah. I can't believe we remembered that. I think her name is Sarah. Uh, and then you come across any number of other characters along the way and you learn that he had a falling out with one of the people in the camps because he was basically being a slaver. He was showing up and he was sending people to these camps and the camps refused to pay him for the people because they're like, we're not going to pay you for this human soul you sent to our camp. We're not slavers. And Deacon's like, well, fuck you then. And then like, that that's to my understanding. Uh, Iron Mike is a character in that game. I don't know if you come across him. Not to be confused with Iron Mike Tyson. Uh, and then the cutscene I just did, and I don't think I'm too far in the game. I, I would say I'm, I'm generously a third in, but having done everything up to this point, uh, Boozer 
is uh, he was bit earlier on in the game, and he's been doing bad for a long time. And uh, brought him some antibiotics, and you know what? He he's gonna pull through, but we gotta we gotta cut off his arm. And the fucking reaction in this scene, like, is every zombie movie that from from the last time. twenty years that Deacon has been living and surviving for over two years in this zombie infected infested uh, wasteland. And the doctor's like, we gotta he's gotta lose his arm. And Deacon's like, no, hell no, hell no, you're not, no, fuck you, no, there's gotta be another, like, dude. Yeah, get get with the fucking program here. Does there have to be one character that doesn't understand how this works at this point? And man, whatever. Anyways, uh, the problems with that game are not the the open world, are not the controls, are not the action. All that stuff's really good. This game looks phenomenal. Still, yeah, it's, it's uh, pretty fine. It's totally yeah. like a serviceable game. Like if you just need something, it's definitely like one of my fucking YouTube games, which is. Uh, just fucking put this game on, play for a couple hours, watch something stupid while you're playing it because, god damn it, this game has nothing important to tell you. That's and the... So I've been told late in the game uh, that it actually starts to do some unique things in the story, but oh. I will let you know if I get there. Like, uh, like Sarah, yeah, like, turned heel, and, but, like, is, like... Like, what if it becomes, like, a JRPG and, like, Sarah is, like, becoming God? Then you have to kill her. <laughs> See, that'd be a twist. I'd like that. Nah, man, she's the cure, right? And they got her, uh, they got her hooked up to the machine, and they're just <laughs> like, if we just, if we just, we gotta take all her bone marrow out, and then we'll be able to synthesize a cure. And Deacon's like, no, no, and he <laughs> and starts slammed their head against the wall, and then oh, you, you like it? Not and so the tough. Next game, the the daughter of the doctor that you smashed into the wall is gonna be like, Deacon. <laughs> Mm-mm. You shithead! God damn it! <laughs> Deacon will get his. That's all I'm gonna. Yeah, say. you're gonna free a giraffe from a fucking sand pit or something. <laughs> Ratchet and Clank's new Lumbax has been revealed as Rivet. That's the girl Lumbax. Oh my so god! Make, make your deviant art and let's go. <laughs> the Vault of Glass will come to Destiny Two on May 22nd. I hope it's the same vault of glass, in which case we should just go fucking destroy it. Yeah, uh, Halo Infinite <laughs> multiplayer to support cross-play, cross-progression on PC and Xbox. Uh, obviously, Microsoft already has this built into their infrastructure, uh, but I guess if you're going to buy that game outside of Game Pass or Microsoft, then that's good to know. Uh, that there'll be some kind of... That should be the default now? I don't know. Cross-progression? I don't know. Like, I don't know. I don't know. You tell me. I don't own an Xbox. I don't care. <laughs> wow. Uh, one thing that the Xbox does uh, that the, that Sony is just floundering on is that save transfer thing. That, that I can go from my living room to my bedroom to my PC and my save just follows me instantly uh, is, is pretty fucking rad, I have to say. Uh, all right. Metal Gear Solid. I don't want to talk about it anymore, but we're going to. Last week. This is the last uh, episode, Lee. It's fine. Yeah, it's here. I know. We talked about uh, Venom Snake, we talked about Big Boss, we talked about why the story of Metal Gear Solid Five is, is disappointing to most, and it mostly stems from the fact that you've basically told the story you needed to uh, in Peace Walker, and if you were going to tell another Big Boss story, that you it, it should have swung a little more definitively uh, in terms of let's see him become a villain when the whole game you are not even dealing with Big Boss. There's no emphasis on what Big Boss was doing while Venom Snake is, is doing what he's doing in Afghanistan and South Africa and 
if you're going to make this game, which ends up being the last game of the series so far, uh, that you've done nothing to push the, the narrative further. And I, of course, argue that, well, the game is fun, and I like the game in a bubble as itself. But when yeah. it's doing that other stuff around the edges, all it's doing is is cheapening what came before or cheapening what could have been. Yeah, absolutely. And I understand. Yeah. Yeah. Where do we go from here? How do we close out a series like Metal Gear Solid? Well, I think it'd be appropriate just to finish up with Metal Gear Solid V as far as like some of the gameplay points we may have liked or disliked. And we can point sure. out specific story moments too. And then I think it's nice to just give a quick little five-minute summarization of Metal Gear Solid and uh, its legacy as a whole as, uh, as we transition into yet another era here of the public beta podcast. That's right. The Attitude um, Era. Yeah, so as we all know, Metal Gear Solid Five is the peak of Metal Gear Solid gameplay, and will be because there's probably not going to be any more of them unless they do what that. About Metal, Metal Gear, Gear Survive, right? Unless they do, and they're doing that Metal Gear Solid remake with Blue Point, um, which is going to be really fucking sweet. Um, if that happens, not officially confirmed yet. Yeah, but Metal Gear Solid Five, goddamn! If we're just talking pure gameplay, and like you said, in a bubble, it's uh, one of the best games ever to just go in and play for a couple hours and really just clear out some camps and you don't need any incentive to to progress towards something or anything like that because the gameplay is just wholly satisfying on its own <clears throat> yeah it has it kind of has uh that same thing i was talking about in days gone where is if you are fully equipped and if you are if you can see what's coming at you uh you feel like god however yeah. uh when you're taken out of your element and this game has many parts where there's a supernatural element uh, where you're being chased by really fast zombies, etc., and you're like, "What the what the fuck?" Uh, the giant tank fight at the end, uh, the part <laughs> where you're just in the middle of one mission and Quiet shoots you off your horse, and suddenly you're in a boss fight with her. Uh, stuff like that is is thoroughly good and Metal Gear Solid esque. I like the horror aspects that all the entire series uh, kind of has: the unease, the thrilly, the thriller, yeah. the like Th- that, yeah, yeah, like cheesy B campy hum- uh, horror at points, especially yes. with a character like Psycho Mantis. Um, especially Metal Gear Solid Five, though, there's definitely moments where they did lean a bit more into that like uh, realism horror aspect, especially when it came to the experiments with uh, Ghostface. Is it Ghostface? Skullface. Skullface. Skull face. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when it came to Skullface and the experiments he was performing on all the vocal cord test subjects. If you remember, you went <laughs> there. And all these fuckers have, like, headphones injected into their throats, and they're all, like, crispy and shit. Um, <laughs> yeah. And that's when you fight the man on fire, which is a bit more yeah. campy, admittedly. Um, but, yeah, that was that, that shit I really liked. Um, there's definitely parts that I thought were didn't work as far as that goes. I don't think Skullface works as a villain. I think he's wholly uninteresting. Um he speaks basically only in metaphor, especially when he's talking directly to Snake. And I think if you compare him to the other series villains, like Liquid is fun and campy and goofy. Uh, Liquid Ocelot is perfect. He's like the perfect villain. He's fucking amazing. Um, uh, the boss. Kiefer Sutherland so- got the villain he deserved in this game. Let's just put it that yeah. way. Yeah, I just think you look at the le- legacy of... Um, of main villains of Metal Gear Solid, and I think Skullface just comes up way, way, way short compared to the rest. And I think that goes into a bigger subject, Lee, and that's, like, one of the biggest changes in Metal Gear Solid V from the rest of the series, and what Metal Gear Solid is known for in a lot of met- in a lot of aspects, and that's boss fights. There's, like, no fucking boss fights, really, in Metal Gear Solid V. 
Yeah. The if, only ones I can think of. It, it's it's more based on the open world, right? So yeah. it's like use your use all your tools to overcome this situation. There's one mission I remember uh, where you like infiltrate a house. I think it's when you're trying to find the guy. Co-talker. Maybe like a. What's that? You're trying to find Co-talker for the first time. That's exactly right. Yeah. Uh, and then when you're leaving, I think that's the first time you were accosted by the fast zombies. Yes, that's correct. Uh, like like that to me, it's not a traditional boss fight. Right. Uh, but but vividly, I remember it as this is a tough mission. This is there's a lot of yes. uh, changing of of pace here and and getting out of it. And then once those guys are introduced as a threat. You're kind of constantly looking over your shoulder, being like, "Well, when the fuck are these guys showing up again?" Because those right. were not fun to deal with. Yeah, um, it's like when you have to fight the wave after wave of the frog unit in that airport, yeah. in that airport uh, like hangar and bay. Uh, that's you could argue that's a boss fight. I would say the quiet first time you fight her is absolutely a boss fight. Uh, clearly, Solid Lanthropus, Metal Gear Solid Lanthropus, is a boss yeah. fight in that case. You do have, like, a mini, um, really easy uh, ham fight with Kid Liquid where you beat the shit out of a child. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, that, big boss shit. <laughs> yeah, so if, like, it'd be weirdly if I was, like, Metal Gear Solid 1, your boss fights are, like, a, like a big dude in a tank, and then he carries a minigun. You have a sniper. You have, uh, like, a Russian with a revolver. You have, like, a Psycho Mantis. And then you, like, get to Metal Gear Solid 5... You fight a child, like uh, just fight a child. You fight a child, a half naked sniper, uh, like a bunch. You fight of, a Metal Gear on foot, so I mean it. It, it is checks yeah. most of the box, it checks boxes. Checks most of the as boxes, as right there. So Lanterpus fight in general was really weird because uh, it's easy because you could just keep calling down missile ammo for yourself and just keep I, spamming missiles at it. <laughs> There's nothing I leaned on harder in that game. Than fucking calling in those airstrikes. <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely crazy. But that's that's what's nice about it. If you put in the work to get all those resources, you can just keep spamming that on Sohalanthropus. Yeah. Yeah. Like the last boss, of the, when you, you and Quiet are in that showdown with all those tanks at the end, it was literally me hiding behind a shed, calling down missile strike after missile strike. Oh, yeah. Like, fuck you. This is, I, I fucking put in the work to have enough resources to drop unlimited missile strikes. Get fucking ready. Oh, Get and, wrecked. Yeah, and you could do... Man, so if we're talking just creative ways to... And that's another thing about how awesome Metal Gear Solid V is, is not just the creative ways to take down camps, but also bosses. I've seen dudes online, like, call down vehicles on top of Quiet and one-shot her because of it. I've seen dudes, like, just hop into a tank and just fucking barrel towards Quiet as quickly as you could while avoiding damage from her. Uh, call in your dog, you can call in airstrikes on her, you can try to use flash grenades and smoke grenades to get up there, like, god damn, even thinking about it right now makes me want to go back and just do the quiet boss fight because it's so intricate and fun. Yes, it's kind of the, in terms of a sandbox, it's the opposite of a GTA mission. It's, it's, here, here's the problem, very simply laid out, use anything and everything that you have yeah, to do it. Yeah, it's just like rescue person. And you're like, okay, yeah. like, and then you have, you're like, here's should, like, should I knock out all these guards? I don't know. Yeah. It's like, here's like <laughs> 20, yeah, here's like 20 different gadgets you can use, but you can only take four. Here's like 50 fucking guns and you have to choose if you want lethal or non-lethal. Here's all the attachments you can choose. You have all the different arms you can put on to Venom, all the different grenades, man, all the different vehicles. You have three different companions. You can call in different camo. You can call in all your equipment at any point during the whole thing. Who are thing. you not counting in the companions? You said three. There's four. There's four. D, D, do, there's D-Horse, the D-Dog. 
Quiet, uh, and, quiet. The, and the robot. Oh, the robot? The oh. robot you ride in. Oh, the D Walker. Yeah. Is that yeah, yeah. Can, isn't that just a vehicle? I don't know. That shit sucks. Yeah. It's, a, no it's, it's considered a companion, though. You can't take, like, your dog and that. So. Oh, okay. Well, no one really That'd uses be pretty it anyway. sick. You and the dog were riding around in that yeah, thing? Real, ch- uh, real chads just run everywhere anyway. <laughs> yeah, just sprint. It's just like, it's two miles away. I better get started. <laughs> um, yeah, so that, so that game's real good. Uh, and I think we've kind of mentioned throughout what, what our favorite games in the series are. Uh, for me, it's, uh, if I'm going to run them down, if I'm going to give you an order, it's probably going to be 5, 3, 1, 4, 2. Two is my least favorite. Wow. Uh, if I yeah. was going to give you a list of mine, <laughs> like I, I shit on it a lot, but I like I have such love for the amount of fan service in it because when I played this game, I was like, I was knee deep into Metal Gear. I was like, yeah, give me all of it. So number one, Metal Gear Solid 4. <laughs> <laughs> number two, Metal Gear Solid 3. Number uh, three, Metal Gear Solid 5. Then I would put one and then two. Yeah, like three's three's got the best story for for my uh, for yes. my money, but that that game, but three didn't make me come back for uh, two hundred hours uh, like yeah. five did. So yes, absolutely. <laughs> I yeah, I would say if we were looking at the series as a whole, I would say Metal Gear Solid One um, has the best impression in my mind. If that makes sense, I think it's the. Uh, I it's think, the most balanced. Yeah, it's balanced between having a really fun but not complicated story with memorable characters and memorable uh, set pieces within the game in different sections with good bosses and just the right amount of difficulty. I think Metal Gear Solid 2 is uh, the, one of the more ambitious games of the series. Uh, really weird uh, decisions as far as, like, you know the player expectations and trying to fuck with them on a meta level and bringing up all this social commentary. Um, and, and I think if you look at it as in Kojima never intended another Metal Gear after that, it would have been looked upon much more fondly. Uh, b- sure. But as, as it is, it fucks with canon too much and it's kind of weird and shit. Metal Gear Solid 3, I would say, is even more of a balanced experience than Metal Gear 1. Metal Gear Solid 1. It's just that Metal Gear Solid 1 is more iconic. Um, but Metal Gear Solid 3 has a fantastic story, good gameplay, good bosses. Uh, it's it's one, of the perf- one of the best games ever made. What can I say about it? Metal Gear Solid that's 4... Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, Metal Gear Solid 4 is the Venom of the Metal Gear series, uh, and that's why I love it. That's not confusing uh, at all in the context. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But it's like it's it's like Venom in the sense that like everything in the game is trying to go against it, but there's like that one or two really good things, those one or two Tom Hardys that just really try really <laughs> hard and bring it back up. And for me that's like the love that that game has for Solid Snake. Uh the final boss fight with Liquid Ocelot. Liquid Ocelot as a whole is just so awesome. And the amount of love that is sent out to Metal Gear fans as well. Um, 
So yeah, it's like it's like the the storyboard started with just a picture of an old man in a in a cemetery about to blow his own brains out. And Kojima's like, like, "Fuck, how do I get here?" <laughs> yeah, how how do we throw this man this 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 hero's parade of a, of a game before we get to this point? Have him crawl through a microwave. Okay, but what happens before that? Uh, have him in a fucking motorcycle chase where he's using a sawed-off shotgun to shoot robots. Okay, well, that's right. Nice. And like, the, so. yeah, the Shadow Moses part is so fucking awesome. Uh, uh, so yeah, right. let me yourself. It's a victory forward. lap. Yeah, it's <laughs> and like, <laughs> and that's fine. Only that victory lap also tried to t- tie up so many loose ends that could have been left right. ambiguous, yeah. and I, also tried to tie in uh, the prequel stuff. Uh, in a way that that I think was wholly unsatisfying, and in a way that oh, I absolutely. just like, it's the same thing with two for me. It's just like the the themes and stuff they're going for. Fine, great, I, I understand what you're what you're trying to do here. It's just not what I. It's not why I come to the series, which is why two and four for me are are kind of write offs. Um, yeah, I, I can see where you're coming from in that regard. And then Mel, too silly, but but it's not to say I don't like the silliness. It's just to say that now you're trying to make the silliness a canon that makes sense that people are going to argue about. At that point, I, my eyes roll back in my head, and I don't care. Yeah, um, fair enough. That's that's how I feel. And then Metal Gear Solid Five, uh, clearly the best playing of the series, one of the best games ever made from a pure gameplay perspective. Absolutely phenomenal, and a lot of the creative freedom it gives the player and everything. Uh, just a disappointment in my in my opinion, as a, as in regards to what it does to Metal Gear Solid Legacy. I think it does more harm than good. Uh, I've ranted on and on about that, so you don't need to hear it again. But uh, yeah, that's that's yeah, like it's my pointing who burnt that bit bridge, right? Like who? Okay, so Konami, now you've soured the fans of Metal Gear Solid based on your treatment of Kojima. Kojima, you didn't finish this thing supposedly, so like we don't get to see the the full circle five leading into you know Metal Gear One or whatever. <clears throat> is is there another game, another phantom game, if you were will that could that could take place? Absolutely, there is. Uh, but how much more does that tarnish what was a pretty straightforward trilogy of games? Uh, as we as we continue, it's it's like it, I'm not going to say it's like Halo, but look at the ret- like Halo Four comes out, people are still riding on the the high of Halo, but. It, it's just it's more it's more of the same in the case of Metal Gear Solid Four. Or Four though they went full fan service, they brought everybody back. It's hard to be mad at it if you're a fan of the series. I get it. Um, the best thing that Five ever could have done is just make it about a character that isn't related. And technically, they had their cake and ate it too with how they did that. Yeah, it uh, would. You're, you're like, the guy, but you're not. So yeah. it doesn't matter. But they, it does. Yeah, they they could have easily done a game about Ocelot and like what the fuck he was doing during that whole time, and he's just doing something for somebody. Oh, some... the spin-off potential for the series is is insane, but we're going to keep hammering this this main story is is the issue, I think. Yes, exactly. Like yeah. how do we stretch something that in its first incarnation was just a dumb action game? <laughs> well, like think of yeah, like think of Metal Gear VR missions. If there was just a a disc that was just like, hey, there's like eight chapters and each one is like a different mission that Solid Snake was on, pretty cut and dry, but there's an overarching uh an overarching villain as well he has to take down. And you just call it like Metal Gear Solid Stories. And that's how you <laughs> yeah. like, But you know Metal what I mean? Gear like stories. <laughs> yeah, really, really bring it back, keep it simple. Do do the 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 espionage, do the the weird mysterious uh characters and and plot points and stuff like that but but remove the patriots and and all that big boss stuff uh from from a game i think going forward it's hard to say if we'll ever see 
Very difficult to say if we will see Konami revive Metal Gear Solid, but anything is possible. Who knows that Konami doesn't get bought up by Microsoft or Sony at some point, and Hideo Kojima is put back on the project because the IP is, is no longer theirs to control. I, I'm, I'm throwing out crazy, crazy ideas, but it's it would be insane to think that we do not see a return of the Metal Gear Solid series, that no matter how bad the blood uh, is between everybody involved with this that such there's money on the table it's here. Too that, that it's, it's too iconic. It's too iconic of a series. Yeah, the best thing you can do, whether it's forced or not, is is take the big break, right? Is yeah. is it's gotta, separate yourself. Yeah, it's got to be at least five years before we have. Like, I guess it has been like fucking five years now. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But I would say give it another couple of years. Like, the, the Metal Gear Solid One remake. If it is done by Blue Point, that sounds awesome. I Blue Point did a fantastic fucking job with Demon Souls, obviously, and that, I think that yeah, that could, certainly sounds like the road to recovery, right? Yeah, it's like, hey, that's, yeah. that's easily the safest best on safest bet on Konami's part because they're not fucking with new canon or anything like that. They're just retelling a story. Yeah, just just do the thing. Well, Twin Snakes is that so. Well, yeah, what do you call this one triple snakes? <laughs> try, <laughs> oh, try snakes. Try. <laughs> Read. Unless you have anything uh, further to say, we're going to shoot the flaming arrow into the into the boat with Metal Gear Solid in it as it goes over the waterfall, and we're going to call this one a day. The only thing I have left to say is, Lee, you're pretty good. <laughs> wow. <laughs> is it true podcasts can end on the battlefield? Uh, at Iceberg Podcast is us <laughs> on Twitter. Lee at TissyIceberg.com is my email address. Send us questions, topics. If they're interesting, we might... Uh, feature them here what's coming next for a feature game well i'll be honest with you we haven't fucking talked about it at all uh so expect <laughs> some cool grab bag episodes of public beta podcast talking about all things video games in the weeks to come uh, oh, i assure you as soon as we know what we will be talking about next as a feature we will let you know thank you for going on this ride with my myself lee and reed everybody have a great weekend and uh, don't forget that sometime over the weekend this weekend the venom mega podcast uh will be up oh Both my those parts God. in one in one place Oh, Jesus. Jesus. Thanks for signing up. Talk to you again next week.